What's up everyone and welcome to episode 46 of the Justin Insight podcast. Uh, you probably know this by now, but my name is Tim Backbeck. I am a writer, I am a lover of films, music and wrestling, but most importantly of all, I am your body and vehicle through this podcast. Uh, this is going to be our last episode before Christmas, so happy holidays and all that malarkey. Um, I'm not going to do my usual intro spiel because uh, my week in review actually involves being with my guest this week whose living room I'm currently sat in. Uh, you know him by his twinkly guitars that gives the intro and outro to this podcast is OHN. I know him as my older brother Adam Beck. So Adam, welcome to the Justin Insight podcast for the first time. Hello, ho. Ho, ho, ho. But yeah, because uh, basically I went to the cinema twice this week, uh, first and foremostly to see Star Wars uh, The Last Jedi. Um I came out feeling unsure, I think is the best word, um, without kind of giving spoilers away, because I know there's probably still a lot of people that are yet to see it. Um, I spoke to uh, my best friend about it, and I think they kind of summed it up in the best way, is it's very Disney-fied, which I think is a is a fair review, but it's still pretty cool. It's a good Star Wars film in general, but what, what did you think of it overall, lads? I think uh, not too dissimilar to you, to be honest. I mean... There was a point about halfway through I thought, am I enjoying this? I wasn't too sure if I was enjoying it. But ultimately, I came out of there feeling quite good about it. Yeah. Um, it's definitely the boldest Star Wars yet. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I, oh, I don't want to say too much without getting into spoilers. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, like I the final half of that movie i'm trying to be as vague as i can but it was was fantastic yeah i agree i, I think I, I came i turned around and i was like yeah that was amazing yeah i think the build-up to get to to the like the third act was a bit slow yeah, yeah. but when it kind of kicked in it was like yeah okay this yeah. is this okay is well, we've film. kind of gone past the point now anyway so we're gonna do it <laughs> um but i i thought what i liked about it most was that it was a bit more character driven yeah than it any other Star Wars movie which I really quite appreciated and enjoyed um, considering Ryan Johnson's other films as well you can kind of see where yeah. that came along from like obviously from earlier stuff like Brick um, which I thought was fantastic and then uh, Looper which was also great but yeah on a whole I, I, I can't see why people are saying oh it's the worst yeah I, I don't get that at all it's just bonkers to me but, yeah. I mean you know considering the, the original trilogy yeah, um, Jar Jar Binks. Anyone you know? <laughs> um, yeah, that's my thoughts. But yeah, um, but then we also went and saw uh, Disaster Artist as well, which is the James and Dave Franco film, where it's kind of their their homage to to the room, but it is based on the book uh, Disaster Artist, which is by Greg. I can never remember his surname, but it's, it's the guy that played um, Mark. Yes, yeah, in the room. Um, so it's it is very factual based but obviously for anyone i i haven't seen the room but you have yeah i sort of prepared myself well, i knew i wanted to because um how could you not want to watch the worst movie ever made <laughs> yeah so i've managed to find a, a good copy of it and um yeah me and the wife just sat down and watched it we, we were in stitches it was brilliant but yeah so obviously the actual film is very kind of it's comedic but because the fact the room itself is comedic but not by design 
but I think we both absolutely loved it. Came out sort of quite <laughs> quite in the the key oh, yeah. key elements of it, yeah. um, and we both kind of said that James Franco is a, a massively sort of underrated actor, and that's just he's he's obviously been tipped to be in the the talks for Oscars when it comes around. Which I hope he is. I mean, I've I've always said he's a heavily heavily underrated actor. I mean. Another thing I enjoyed of his this year was uh, a HBO series called The Juice, which is set in sort of 70s uh, New York where he owns a bar, but he gets sort of into business with the wrong people. But he kind of, he does like a double role. He sort of, there's him and his brother, and his brother's kind of the, the sort of the wrong end of the two. And he just nails both performances. They're yeah. fantastic. But yeah, I'd love, love to see what he does next. But yeah, so that was kind of all I've really got up to this week. Um, but the main reason I'm sat in... My brother's living room, not to the fact that he's my family, but um, it's the fact that we want to talk music and uh, our albums of the year for this year. Um, we've whittled it down to top 10, which I know, Adam, you had a bit of a struggle yeah, with. Yeah, big time. Um, but we will give sort of honourable mentions uh, at the end. But the reason I wanted to, to bring my brother on as the guest for this episode is because even though we're very similar in music taste and stuff, we're also very different. Um, so I think there's going to be we haven't obviously spoken about what our lists are so I think there's going to be some where we agree some where we don't agree I, I know one I don't, in, know. I don't know I think we're going to be quite close yeah this, but I, I know there's one in particular that we've already kind of know <laughs> that you have strong views on but um, we'll get we'll get to that when we get there so yeah we're going to go uh, obviously 10 down to 1 um, and obviously if you guys have views on our list have your own let, let us know uh, Twitter at just underscore and underscore insight. Um, yeah, just they give us a shout. They won't have views. These are the definitive lists of the year. There you go. <laughs> Elder brother has spoken. But um, I'm going to kick things off with my. Oh, sorry. I will say the re- my list is kind of based off um, albums that I probably listen to the most throughout the year. So a lot of people may think differently, but they're. Their albums that I either when they came out initially were constantly on repeat for a very long period of time, or ones that I find myself constantly going back to. So, is there kind of any reasoning behind behind your more list? or less exactly the same? I mean, yeah, based. I mean, I've got a lot of help from Spotify on this because it's kind of been my uh, my go to because they they did like a wrap up thing for your 2017 yeah, yeah. and it showed you the most played and I said yeah that's pretty much bang on <laughs> yeah <coughs> right so yeah we'll get straight onto it so uh, my number 10 record of the year is uh, Tiger Jaws uh, latest record Spin um, I, I love the band anyway like I wasn't massive on Charmer it was it was a grower but it didn't instantly sing to me that this is a Tiger's Draw record, but this one, as soon as I put it on, I was humming along, bobbing my head, um, and just with every listen, it just seemed to get better and better. I think now that I've, I completely forget the guy's name, but that him and Brianna are kind of the main drive of it, with them being the two, it's kind of... they kind of come into their element, I, th- I believe, and okay. I think that... Not that they weren't uh, a known name anyway, but I think this album has kind of elevated them that bit more into a mainstream audience. Like, obviously, before they were kind of uh, emo darlings, so to say. And I think people kind of... that um, The self-titled album, obviously, 
is everyone's kind of go-to but I think now Spin is for me their go-to record but um, from you nodding along I'm going to guess this is an album that you enjoyed as well Ad I enjoyed uh, it didn't make my list weirdly I okay. did I did listen to it a hell of a lot um, yeah the songs are just generally so much stronger like there's definitely some uh, sort of sing-along potential ones in there and the production on this one is pretty phenomenal as well I think they worked with Will Yip okay yeah who's like the big time guy to go to in that sort of scene at the moment um yeah, it was definitely a good summer album for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I completely, completely honest, I forgot about it a little bit. I listened to it a hell of a lot during the summer. Yeah, but that's um, the thing. I think somebody reminded me of it because, I, I, like you, when it came out, I was it was one that I did listen to a lot, and then I kind of it faded away again. And then I think I just saw someone was because obviously on Spotify you get the your friends and stuff like that listening to. Mm. And I was like, oh yeah, check that out. And then I realised that the album came out this year. And I was like, oh, I fucking love this album. And since then, it's kind of been one of my my default goes to. So that's why it's sure. it's made my list. Um. So yeah, if we go on, what's your number ten then, Adam? Number ten. Um. My number ten is Cloakroom with Timewell. Nice. Um, beginning of the year, we went to see a little known band called Russian Circles. We did was it again this year. I think it was in Brighton. I can't remember if it was the beginning of the year, but it was definitely this yeah. year. <laughs> I remember it was just before this record came out, so I was really excited for it. Um, I've seen Russian Circles a bunch of times, so to be honest, I was there for Cloakroom. Yeah, I think both of us were, as yeah. we told oh, honest. Dude, they were so <laughs> big and powerful. Yeah. They were phenomenal. We managed to get quite close to the front, and um, like... <laughs> soon as the, I mean it's quite sort of, it's very bass driven isn't it yeah yeah so we're stood at the front you know sort of drinking hand we get to an end of a verse and they go to click on those overdrive pedals yeah. and we're like oh <laughs> and I've like got my hand over my pint glass and I'm just like this is insane it was like you could hear the nuts and bolts rattling of the horn it was brilliant but yeah this record um came out I can't remember when it came out in the year February maybe yeah it must have been around I think then. it was on it was on a relapse record yeah it's it's a blinder they've uh, really they took a bit of a gamble with recording it I think because uh, essentially the drummer built the studio oh okay and um, yeah like, they got the, the deal from relapse and they kind of went ahead and did their own thing with it but obviously they went ahead with the recording and they weren't quite so sure how it's going to sound but ultimately I think they came out pleased and they should have done because mm. it was brilliant um, there's some good standout tracks on there um, they released the singles some of the singles from the from the record previously that was obviously the ones that got me interested but yes yeah, the massive massive guitar tones and like I'm not really an equipment nerd but I don't know what their bass player uses <laughs> because it's, it just make it really drives it in it sounds it sounds like they sound like a doom band yeah the time. they've been tipped off as doom gays doom gay, yeah or, or what was it oh, I heard a podcast with them and they called I think assume that was it assume yeah. <laughs> yeah or like slow core and stuff like that and there's there's definitely those influences obviously a lot of Early grunge uh, influences, I think, like sort of early sub pop uh, nods there as well. Some of the stuff, um, random assortment of people as well. It's the the singer and guitarist from Grown Ups, Basically, which I didn't realise until yeah. 
after I heard them on. They were on um, uh, the guy from, well, now Super Heaven, formerly Daylight, yeah. his podcast. They were on there. Um, okay. And that's when he's, they were talking about grown-ups. And I was like, oh, yeah, fuck. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the bass player from Natives, who were an amazing band. And I think the drummer from Young Widows. Okay. I think, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> really enjoyed the uh, previous record as well, so I was really looking forward to hearing this. But yeah, I jammed this quite a good amount um, when it came out, so that's why it's my number yeah. 10. Uh, again, it's an album that, to be fair, didn't make my list, but it's one that I was... I've, and honestly, I preferred the previous one, but it's still this is still an absolute banging record. I think it's just because... I'd kind of given the the previous record a bit more time, mm. uh, whereas I think if you're unaware of what Cloakroom are like, this is not the ideal record just to jump into sort of mm. thing. Because as you mentioned, it's a bit more sort of I wouldn't say experimental, but they're trying different things, yeah. especially. And I think they're kind of on that sort of grunge element, not to say that they kind of play off that but that especially sort of like lyrically you can kind of hear that comes across a lot more yeah that that would be my only gripe with the record actually it was the he his vocals are actually really well suited yeah for that music but they're so low in the mix yeah yeah you think? Like, they could have done with just boosting those vocals and the harmonies as well work really well yeah but you can barely hear them sometimes yeah, especially I, when it's when they're going full bore i think because obviously you mentioned like the well live especially obviously the bass is the kind of the yeah. driver and I think they obviously know that so they want to mm. kind of put that to the forefront but yeah, yeah as I think as you say the, the lyrics and vocals do get lost in yeah. in translation a little bit um, do you want to go number 9 or should, do you want me to go I can do number 9 uh, my number 9 is Julian Baker Turn Out The Lights okay um, I wasn't massively sold on her at the beginning, I think she did one full length and maybe an EP. Uh, sprained ankle was the full length. Yeah, and she did. I want to say she did a split as well, but I'm gonna you you talk and I'll have a look on Spotify. Okay, yeah. Um, so yeah, well, I'll check this one out after a a lot of buzz about it when it was first released, and I thought, well, like I said, like I said, I wasn't too sold on the original stuff, so I gave it a go. And like, I don't know if it was because I was having a bad day or <laughs> what, but it just, it, I just went through some stuff listening to this record. <laughs> it just, it just doesn't let up. I mean, <coughs> obviously it's it's quite bleak lyrically as well, so yeah. that doesn't help. But it's just, it's, it's just her, a guitar, a loop pedal and a piano. Yeah. Not one bit of percussion on the whole record. Yeah. I don't, no, actually there isn't, is there? No. I, I think I've listened to it a few times. And um, yeah, I haven't heard anything, but it's just, oh man, it's just heartbreaking. Yeah. And um, like, yeah, like I said, some of the lyrics, like that one where it's uh, the harder I swim, the faster I sink. Yeah. Like yeah. That, where she's like really building up to the crescendo. I'm just like, yeah. Who hurt you? <laughs> yeah. man? It's just like, and like, if you do really listen to the lyrics, it's quite, it is quite bleak. Like there's some references to suicide and things like that. So yeah, it's not one you can just sort of chuck on lightly yeah, for yeah. sure. But um yeah, I mean it really resonates. It's a beautiful record. Some really nice guitar work. And um like like I said, she loops those those uh, riffs up and stuff like that, along with the piano as well. And it's it's it, how she does songs though, isn't it? Like she starts off 
very sort of yeah that's the only thing that's that his her formula for writing yeah there's not much change up there no i agree but um but she's incredible at it yeah i'll give her a g um according to spotify she's done obviously the two records uh an ep and uh audio tree live session oh cool so there you go i I swear somewhere she did a split. Maybe it's not not on on Spotify, but yeah. Um oh. so I'd know. I really enjoyed um her guest appearance on the Touche More record as well. Yes. Which I I, did she do a tour with them? Possibly. Yeah, I wanna But say. um I think that ended up being my favourite track on that record as well. Oh okay. Because I, I think she just complimented it so well. Yeah, yeah. Again, that's that song in particular is got quite a... Um, it's quite a bleak one as well. Yeah, just, yeah. I know that most of that record's about him losing her, his mum, sorry. Yeah. Um, and that, that song's about like the time when he took her to New York and uh, he had Julian do the backing vocals. Yeah. And it just, with his screaming and her sort of four bore vocals in it, it just hit the perfect yeah. note, I think. Cool. Right. Um, we'll move on to my number nine. Uh, which is uh, a band called Get The Shot and the album is Infinite Punishment Um, I was only introduced to this band this year by uh, the bass player in my band Uh, he basically sold it to me as uh, hardcore with James Hetfield vocals that sounds terrible it does sound terrible (laughs) but the outcome is incredible Um, because you're kind of looking at me blankly I'm going to play a brief bit of one of their songs uh, just so you can get an idea of it. Me being a massive, massive hardcore fan, this brought back sort of me being a teenager sort of slash going into university when I loved stage diving, I loved two-stepping, loved mic grabbing. It really kind of brought me back to sort of that kind of era of hardcore. I get that. They're like really sort of thrashy, just fun. Uh, Nothing kind of... Some of the lyrics are kind of you get the sort of message out of it kind of thing, but it's it's nothing too taxing. I, I don't I don't mean that in a in a discriminating way, I, but it's just they they know what they're doing and they do it well kind of thing. Um, and yeah, I just I kind of listened to this record initially and I was like, yeah, this is fun, but then I just kind of found myself going back to it more and more, uh, just literally a couple of drives like just moshing in my car kind of thing um but yeah i just thought they were they're kind of my my find of 2017 and they're they're from uh quebec which apparently seems to have a really good sort of hardcore scene at the moment i remember i can't remember 
other bands off the top of my head, but there there seems to be sort of a lot of movement sort of bands going to Canada and stuff at the moment, which is which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, anything to add on the brief um, snippet you heard? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> first I've heard of them for a start. Um, yeah, it sounded kind of like that sort of early two thousands hardcore, which I remember. You, this is when you were, you were at, like you were saying, when you were at uni, that's when you properly found hardcore and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. About the underworld every other night and stuff like that. So, yeah, I can see why that resonated with you. But, I don't know. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> no. See, this is what I meant by the disagreements. <laughs> um, talking of fun records, I'm going to jump straight into my, my number eight. Uh, and it's Warmones by Mutoid Man. Um, I absolutely loved this record. Um Anything with Ben Collar on is a okay in my books, but I can never remember the dude's name from from Cave In. Uh, Stephen Brusky. That's it. it. Like his vocals in this are just brilliant. Um, the Mutoid Man, if you don't know them, are obviously like a bit of a super group. I can't remember again who where the drummer's from either, but he's in another. Uh, not the drummer, sorry. Uh, bassist is in another. I have band no as well. idea who that is. Oh, he's he's in another band as well. But um, yeah, they're just kind of tongue in cheek sort of yeah. rock sort of thing. Um, their previous records, I was into again purely on the Ben Collar influence. But I don't know with Warmains, they kind of hit the nail on the head. Like every song is, you're you're laughing but loving it at the same time. Like. It's riffs galore, it's sing-alongs, it's random little screeches of outburst. Um, I can't remember who it was that I was talking to, but um, they kind of said it's... I've, I've already forgotten his name, Steve... Uh, Steve Frosky. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, he's kind of been let off his leash a little bit, mm. and whereas in Cave-In, he's kind of held back, whereas this is just sort of his pet project to go yeah i'm a bit fucking crazy i'm gonna do what the fuck i want um there is a kind of narrative within war moans i don't know if that's done intentionally but the songs can seem to sort of flow into into one and they kind of have an overriding story of of war at its heart um but obviously I'm going to quickly get the the track list up but they've all got like a like something to do with war or sort of uh anger or something like that so you've got um kiss of death date with the devil uh irons in the fire war moans itself uh reckon and survive so they've kind of all got that sort of vibe to them and yeah i i just again it's a record that if i was in a shit mood this would easily cheer me up within about 40 seconds kind of thing so that is why it's in in my top 10 that's cool um i didn't yeah I love I love the band as well. I didn't spend a whole of a lot of time on this record. In fact, I only think I listened to it once. Whereas the other previous ones, I I think I listened to a bit more. But yeah, yeah, yeah just the instrumentation on its own is just is the merit of the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. It's just, just mind blowing. There's some really good um, sort of studio footage they have. No, not studio footage, like uh, little sort of backroom like uh recording yeah as well. they, they play like a vinyl shop or something like that and just to see the three of them make, make as much noise as they do in such a small confined space is quite special actually um 
but yeah, I think I might need to give this another listen to have a proper. Yeah, spoiler alert, didn't make my list. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed it. Cool. Uh, what's your number eight? My number eight is Full of Hell, Trumpeting Ecstasy. Nice. It's such an intense record. Like, from the first track, it's only about 23 minutes long. Yeah. But, um, like Julian Baker, I think I took quite a while to come around to these guys. I think that uh, when they very first started, I, I don't think I liked them at all, actually. Yeah, I think they, cause that was when they were more noise-orientated. Yeah, uh, yeah, and then they did like a couple of EPs, and they did a record. I thought, well, that's quite cool. I started getting into them after the split with Merzbao. Yeah. That was awesome. Um, and then they after that, they did like a couple of little collab records with The Body. Yeah, and which they released another one literally oh, a few months ago. That's true, actually, yeah. And then they brought out this. Um, yeah, it's just it's absolutely brutal and relentless. There's uh, a tr- there's a couple of tracks on here. I think there's one after they got a couple of little guest appearances, but it's the one after the one with Aaron Turner called Fractured Quartz. It's 41 seconds long. 41, yeah. That comes straight after what I think is probably the most straight-up metal song of the record. Yeah. And it was like, what just happened? <laughs> yeah. I, was, I just kept rewinding it, rewinding it. It's, I have no idea what's going on in that song. And um, it's some of the most impressive vocals I've heard. Yeah. I mean, well, actually, performances all round. Yeah, yeah. Like, that band are going to hurt when they're older. Yo, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the drummer the, the the guy's voice box is gonna go like, yeah it's, it's just he just really gives it all and um i think we all kind of anticipated a bit of a kickback um especially in music as to like the whole political climate they got going on over there and this is obviously an example of that um but i think again we kind of expected some results yeah in yeah that sort of way but um yeah, there's a, the blast beats. There's, there's references to the grindcore, death metal, black metal, um, hardcore punk. But there's um, again, you've got still the tracks yeah. in there. I think it's that's it. The cosmic vein. About halfway through that record, oh, I through that track. Sorry, they stop and there's a little guitar sort of break. Yeah, and then they yeah. Come straight back in with solid blast beats to the end of, end of the track, and it's the most intense. Yeah. <laughs> 18 seconds ever he's just he's just really really screaming his lungs out and um you're just left like sort of baffled afterwards like yeah because it's such a short record you just keeps replaying yeah yeah and you don't even notice but you're just loving it every every second i've got to admit i completely forgot about this record like not in the fact that it was there but the fact that it was out this year Hmm. um and i i was a massive fan of the band anyway like straight from their their self-titled album i've always been a 
been a fan. Uh, not their self-titled, sorry. Um, I've just got it up here. It's called Roots of Earth are Consuming My Home. There you go. That kind of sums up what they're all about, really. <laughs> but off that, they did uh, split with Code Orange. Well, yeah, Code Orange when they were Code Orange kids. Um, then I think what really kind of cemented me with them was their second full length which was rudiments of mutilation which was just ridiculous i think still had the like, like obviously um the new album has, still has the noise elements but this was still quite heavy on it and that's, that's another thing i was going to say i think the noise elements on that on this record really work well on this yeah. whereas beforehand it was like you had fast blasty song noise bit yeah they they really they've kind of tied it. They've in done now. a really good way of like intertwining everything together. Yeah, but I think one of the as you mentioned, obviously Dylan's voice is just ridiculous, and I think one of the trademarks is him going from growling to stopping, and then a, a frequency that no man should be able to reach. <laughs> uh, it's just ridiculous. But I yeah, when when I listened to this record all the way through for the first time, I was like. Yeah, they've they've hit their stride now. They know where they want to go. Um, they've kind of obviously they're getting on bigger live shows and things now. So I think they're obviously I'm kind of speaking from an outsider looking in, but it's like they're kind of tailoring more to that metal side of things because that's the the kind of bands they're being built with. But to that extent, they're doing really crazy things with with the body, like the two collab records they've done with them are just some of the harshest most horrible things i've even heard <laughs> so yeah absolutely love full of hell as i say i completely forgot this album came out this year mm. so I, I don't know if it would have made my list but it is a record that i very much enjoyed yeah um on oh not a similar note but kind of musically similar um i'm going to go into my number seven uh which I was toying with basically I got my solid nine knew where I wanted but this kind of was a gap in my list and I was toying between two um the record I didn't go with was uh Glassjaw's new record Mind Control um I the one I did go with material is Material Control Huh Material Control Sorry I don't know why I said Mind Control Mind Control Mind Control <laughs> That would have been a really bad time Yeah um but the record I did go with was uh, Sex, New Full Length, uh, No Cure for Death. Um, I absolutely love this band. Like, the members in it speak for themselves. It's uh, the dude from Cursed, guitarist from Earth Crisis, drummer from Fallout Boy, uh, other guitarist from... I can't remember the band he's in now. Is it Rice Traitor? No. I think he is now. He wasn't originally... But um, basically, I had the the pleasure of interviewing Scott from Sect, and basically, uh, it kind of came about from when Andy, the drummer, filled in for Earth Crisis, and their other guitarist felt, filled in for Earth Crisis, and they then formed Sect, which is a ridiculously fast punk band. They're it's weird, like their first, their full length, their self-titled full length, kind of came across as like a a kind of power violence record but this comes across more as a thrash punk record um they recorded it uh uh is it god i can never remember is it god, god city, city yeah. yeah um with kurt blue 
and obviously you can tell the difference in production is ridiculous they've it's got that heavy hm2 sound in the guitar tones which uh a lot of people sort of relate to sort of bands like trap them and nails but this has for me it has its own kind of wave because i think it's just where they their their background is more of the of the hardcore sort of element i think that's why it resonates with me because again i'm going to be a bit biased because they're a straight edge band and i love i love me a straight edge band um (laughs) but yeah i just i don't know like compare like because when this record came out the reviews that you instantly read people were going oh it's like nails it's like trap them but i don't know like for me lyrically it's more of a hardcore record because what they're talking about is political issues animal rights issues uh race issues just things like that whereas not saying nails and trap them don't but they kind of do it with a darker edge whereas sect is it's very in your face it's very this is the message we want to give take it or leave it if you don't like it fuck you we're still going to do it um it's great to see uh i've completely forgot his name is it chris chris, chris yeah. yeah um doing vocals again because i know obviously he's still been doing other bits and bobs but i wasn't massive on burning love i will be totally honest but cursed thanks to yourself were a massive band that i i listened to growing up um so yeah it was cool to to kind of hear him doing something a bit more fast-paced and raw i guess is is a kind of a good way to describe them um i think as well what kind of made this make my list is that i got to see them live um this year and kind of seeing the whole package kind of made it make a bit more sense like i think that again the first record i really liked but i went into it thinking okay I'm listening to this because it is these guys, but the music is cool. Whereas this record, I'm like, the music is fucking awesome. Oh, and it's these guys. So mm. that's kind of why it's made it into my list. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I it didn't make my list, but um, I did listen to it a hell of a lot when it first came out. And I wasn't too sold on the earlier EP. Um but as soon as I heard them saying they were going to go into the, the uh, studio with Kurt Ballou, and I was like, "This is this is going to be awesome." Um, yeah, I've been a long time fan of pretty much everything Chris has done, like yeah. even from even from the Swarm, uh, Left for Dead, uh, obviously Cursed. I really like Burning Love as well. I thought it was, it was really cool for him to do something a little bit different, like sort of heavier seventies rock. Yeah, I think really suited his voice quite well. Um, yeah, like everything you were saying is right. Like it's it's their their own animal and it does you know you got to be honest it does nod to uh like trap them nails but i i love that sort of stuff so yeah, it, yeah. It, it, that can never do wrong and they they really nail it but weirdly what i what i love about them is like i think chris was saying this himself or, or it might have been during the interview you had with the guitarist is yeah. that they did they set out to be a vegan straight edge band yeah now i'm neither of those things but it's cool that they want to keep a world for that sort of thing yeah yeah because i mean i don't know if it's me being ignorant but there's you don't see a lot of it in hardcore no i i don't think there is as much anymore like i think when i started kind of 
really getting into hardcore obviously the band that massively influenced my life choices was Half Heart mm-hmm. but there was a plethora of straight edge bands yeah. around at that time even here in the UK but like now I could probably name about three or four off the top of my head without at least looking who, who actively kind of push out the message yeah. because you'd see you know you used to see bands with shirts that say XXX and a quote underneath yeah yeah you don't see any of that anymore no you just see like a nice a nice fa- fashionable looking font or whatever <laughs> yeah. so yeah I, I agree on that on that front they um it's good to see those guys you know they're pushing like 40 must yeah. be still rocking it yeah cool what is your number seven my number seven is slow dive self-titled um comeback album yeah haven't done one for 20 years yeah uh yeah it's came out just the right time as well i think you know that they obviously they're sort of that whole sort of dream pop uh shoegaze side but there was that came out as the kind of this shoegaze boom was slowing a little bit yeah. like bands like nothing and we're and all that sort of stuff i know nothing is still going but um there was there was quite a lot going on in the underground as well like lots of shoegazy influenced bands yeah and um i'm sure it wasn't intentional but for me this record was kind of them coming out saying sit down guys we got this (laughs) because the first the opening track of the record and it sort of started like sort of like a sort of a low hum and they just started strumming those first few chords and i just went that's what you want yeah yeah and it just didn't stop throughout the whole record um nearly got the chance to see him this year at field day or in, in fact in, absolutely intended to but myself and uh, a couple of mates were a bit three sheets by then <laughs> so it, unfortunately it didn't happen we just it, we got to that point where we we're like we're just going to dance like twats to <laughs> run the jewels so that's what we ended up doing so i'm a bit gutted so i might get an opportunity next year because they're playing a big show with um the Cure, Interpol. Oh yeah, I saw that. Um, the editors, a ridiculous lineup. Yeah, um, and obviously they're, they're going to be support as well. So I'm hoping to get along to that. But yeah, as for your reason for the whole list, I think this has been a pretty good default album. Yeah. Like, um, if I haven't really sure, sure what else to put on this, usually ends up going on. And I'm not usually skipping traps through it as well I usually let it just play like if I'm if I'm at work on my computer or something like that it's a good one just to chuck on yeah and just I can just sort of get subdued in what I'm doing because it's a nice soundtrack for it so yeah slow dive self-titled I'm gonna be totally honest I've never really listened to them like they're a band that I always see the name kind of thrown around I appreciate that they were kind of one of the bands that were sort of pioneers back in the day kind of thing but yeah just never kind of given them the time of time of day and again like this with this record like i knew that it was being released i knew the significance of it being a a comeback album but i just wasn't interested no, in it enough. at all but like yeah I, I know you're obviously very big into to that kind of style of of music so it kind of makes sense as to why why that's on your your list um I'm going to let you go with your number six, and then we'll we'll go with mine. Okay, what is my number six? My number six is Monarch! Exclamation mark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the album's called Never Forever. Um, seeing these guys live, I think, definitely influenced this. Because I, I heard... Um, temples? 
Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> I thought you meant like this year. <laughs> no, no, no. Unfortunately, not. But um, that was the first time I heard them. Yeah. Um, and I was super hungover. I was not ready for really low tuned guitars, deep rumbling bass. Yeah. But I stuck the entire set. It was fantastic. Um, so I was really looking forward to hearing this next record because at the time I think they only had a record out which was maybe released a couple of years prior. Yeah, I can't remember when it was. I don't even think it was a full length, was it? Well, it probably wasn't, but their tracks are like 10 minutes long. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> um, so obviously, yeah, I immediately sorted that out when I got 2014. home. 2014. Yeah. So yeah, I played that quite a lot because I knew they signed to Profound Law. Um, so obviously I was quite excited about the next release. I've just realised Profound Law obviously signed full of hell as well so that's two profound law records on my list <laughs> yeah. um but yeah um it's crushingly heavy almost sono like yeah heavy. the guitars if as soon as you press play is just that low hum yeah like, oh, yeah oh god um and then they kick in and go full ball and it's just it just actually sound like there's playing through like 50 amps yeah it's, it's crazy heavy um, it's really dark, haunting, creepy. The, the vocals, especially. Yeah, her vocals are nuts. Yeah, she's got quite a range and odd sort of styles as well. I yeah, think. it's weird because like even though they're kind of like a a doom noise band or whatever you want to call them, like her lyrical style is not that of your stereotypical doom band. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what gives them that sort of extra layer almost to to kind of not break down walls but like to put to to separate them from a what is quite a crowded genre because i think anybody can down tune a guitar and put put a distortion pedal on it it sounds like a it's a weird thing to say but an authentic doom record yeah yeah i agree with that if you could if you were to say to someone who wasn't in the know like what is doom i'd show him this record yeah because it just sounds the guitars sound real i know it sounds weird to say but yeah. like it's not just like plugged in through like your average tube damp or whatever and just boosted to yeah. sound like a doom sort of tone it's they've thought about this obviously there's other members are in um year of no light yes who are yeah. also moderately doom a bit more sort of post rock yeah. influence but um, obviously they know their shit when it comes to equipment. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, favourite track, Cadaverine. Mostly because there's a Warriors influence. Yeah, I was going to mention <laughs> that track. Um, but yeah, that, there's so many ups and downs in that, rec- yeah. um, that record, on that song. And it closes out with the heaviest riff, I think, yeah. of 2017. It's just amazing. Yeah, each track is about 15 minutes. Yeah. So clock's in at about... Just over an hour? Yeah. Five tracks. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> well, to be fair, this one was nearly on my list. It wasn't until I revisited Spin that it unfortunately got knocked no, down. Fair play. So this was nearly nearly number 10 on my list. Uh, very similar to, to what you said. It was just... I, I wouldn't say I'm a massive Doom fan, but every so often I find myself kind of turning to, to that kind of style of music... And with Monarch, they're for me they're just that little bit different that makes me think, 
yeah, I, I want to listen to this rather than just being <laughs> for like ten minutes. Because yeah. um, as you say, that that intro alone is just. I remember like hearing for that for the first time. And I was like, "What yeah. the fuck? This is brilliant." Um, so yeah, I totally understand why that is is on your your yeah. list. I'm lucky enough to have some really good headphones as well, so the the tones really drive. Yeah, and it sounds brilliant. I'm I'm gonna go on to my number six, which is eerily on a similar note, but I'm also gonna break my rule of saying this is a r- album that I listen to constantly because I think if I listen to this album constantly. I'd have to live in a black room. Um, and that is Bellwitch, Mirror Reaper. Um, it is one continual song for an hour and a half. It is barely a drumbeat, as m- my bassist Gaz has kind of reiterated to me several times when I bring this album up. Um, but it's just insane. Like, I think the best way to describe it is a journey. Like, yeah. Obviously, it's a concept album, and but just it's it's not some I don't know. It's weird. You find because you think on the surface of it, look at it, one song, hour and a half, mm. but you listen to it and it's not at all. Like you just kind of get sworn into sworn into sworn it. In. Sworn you have in, to swear, in, swear to it. listen to Bellwitch. You get <laughs> a swarmed in as yeah. well as, like, and yeah, it just kind of. Do you promise to listen to this record <laughs> yeah. through every single second? Through, yeah, but hour like, and a half. You just get you get engulfed in it, and you like you're in it for that sort of. Because initially, when I I wasn't, I'd heard Bellwitch, but I wasn't like, oh, I need to check out this record, but. I instantly remember seeing. I'm going to give kudos to to the person who pointed in my direction was Matt from Dawn Raid, and he posted it on Instagram saying my record of the year, just purely off the album artwork. Yeah, Um, this was back in when it was released, and I just saw the artwork and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Um, If you're not aware, it's like a it's a Grim Reaper, but it's kind of like almost coming out of like a fire it's really it's really striking it's coming out of a mirror isn't it? oh it's is coming out of a mirror sorry <laughs> mirror yeah sorry god I'm not doing very well I've had a very long day it's cool I'm tired it's because cool. um, <laughs> I'm looking at a very small image on on Spotify um, but yeah I just saw that and I was like I need to check this out saw that it was one song for an hour and a half I was like am I committed <laughs> to this and then I was and I've I've probably listened to it all the way through, I'd probably say about six times. Wow, um, that's quite impressive. <laughs> but that's kind of because I do long drives. And yeah, it, sure. It's just is I don't know. There's just something about listening to that that record mm. whilst you're driving, especially when yeah, it's, it's very dark. Yeah. It's very like atmospheric, and you just kind of get pulled into it. So yeah, I get that. So yeah, number six is Bellwitch. Yeah, I mean, I I checked out the record. Um, I was into some of the previous stuff, so I checked it out just on the fact that I liked them anyway. Yeah. Um, really enjoyed it. And then I read up on it and what it was really about. Yes. And that made me want to listen to it again. Because I only kind of skimmed it because it was about the previous member died or something, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. In fact, there's um, samples of his vocals on the record. Yes, there is. I forgot it, to I mention that. I think it's the more sort of screechy moments yeah, yeah. they used. Um, but yeah, it's puts a bit of a depressing spin on it <laughs> yeah. even if even the record's depressing as, as much as it is anyway but 
it was definitely I think it was worth a second listen after yeah. that. I mean, but that's all I've got. <laughs> two, two listens was enough. That's the thing, like for for people who don't know, I'm a massive vinyl collector and as soon as I listen to it, it's like, I need to own it, but it's ridiculously expensive and the decent variants sold out very quickly. So mm. I think that's one might have to save my pennies for <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. It would be worth it just for the artwork of yeah. alone, definitely. Um I'm going to go with my number five and it's a very much a change of tone and I kind of hate myself for putting this record on my top ten but at the same time I, I can't help but love this record um, it's Creeper Eternity in Your Arms why would you hate yourself for that? it's but, a good record <laughs> because I wanted to hate it so much why? because I didn't like any of their other stuff like their first EP that they did was quite cool and then after that it just I don't know just kind of thought it was just a bit wet and like I think because I still had in my head this is our time down here and it's, yeah. it's obviously not at all but yeah um I does everyone know who our time down here is if they don't they fucking should <laughs> um basically uh Will the vocalist and Ian the guitarist from Creeper we were in a punk band called our time down our time down here before Creeper um, but obviously Creeper has exploded and they're doing really cool things um, but yeah I've really enjoyed this record it's just loads of fun um, a lot of the, the songs obviously are quite personal to to Will and things and I think like I saw them live earlier in the year and to see the whole like aesthetic live and for them to kind of because I think a lot of people in our circles who know those guys kind of saw it as them selling out and kind of chasing the money kind of thing but when you see it live the whole package kind of works and you're like right okay i get this kind of thing like the whole creeper cult isn't my cup of tea particularly but fair play to them but yeah like it's a solid record from from start to end like there's some proper bangers that you find yourself sort of singing along to um i think the song uh misery is is a standout the closing song of the album the one they closed when i saw them live uh i choose to live is about a girl who I i can't remember if she committed suicide or she got killed um but I know she was very sort of embedded within the Southampton punk scene. So when oh, they, I didn't know that. yeah, so when they played that live, like obviously in, uh, I think it's the eighteen seventy five or whatever the venue's called in Southampton. Oh yeah, um, it was quite poignant because obviously a lot of people in that room knew who she was was. Um, so that was kind of quite emotional. But yeah, like I think the opening five songs of this song, uh, this album, sorry literally are just absolute bangers and it just kind of sets up what what they're all about but yeah i've I've really enjoyed this record it's a great record i mean i um obviously knew some of the guys not not too well but i think maybe my old band might have played with our time down here a couple of times especially in like the really early days i'm just super happy for him i think it's great yeah the record's good i mean i can't i can't say i'm a fan per se but I do enjoy. I did enjoy the songs on the record, and I'm really, really happy for. My, shout out to Neil Kennedy, <laughs> who um, produced the record at the ranch in Southampton, 
because um, I know that he's kind of they're kind of his golden boys essentially now. But obviously, this record got him a deal on Roadrunner. I think they'd signed before. Oh, did, did they? Yeah, but this is the first one that's it's out. Their, on it's record. their debut yeah. on that record on that label. Sorry, um, and and he he nailed the production big time. Yeah, yeah. My number five is my fun record of the year, and it is Young Thug, Be- Beautiful Thugger Girls. I don't even know what that <laughs> is. So, so um, before this, this is I think first mate. Can you get the uh, Young Thug? Young Thug. Yeah, oh, there we go. I'm pretty sure it's the first proper full length he's done. No, that's a mixtape. Don't worry about that one. <laughs> don't worry about don't that. Worry I think he's just done like little mixtapes and singles. Which I thought were okay. And then uh, myself and Cos went to see Drake at the O2 earlier this year. And shout, he, out, shout out Shout out Cos. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went to wave. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> this is very much an audio yeah, only thing. Um, yeah, and he was the support. And I, we weren't that impressed really, was he? were we? He just kind of strutted around and sort of, didn't really. He just sort of had had like guest vocals come out every now and again. He didn't really stick on one particular track. It was weird. I didn't really get it. But um, and then he brought out this record. Yeah. And it's like I said, it's my fun record. The production's outstanding for a start. The instrumentation's really, really good, and his vocals are actually really unique. He's got a track with Snoop Dogg. With Snoop Dogg, yeah. Mm. There's a couple of um collabs on this one yeah future future yeah that song actually <laughs> they were they had a feud before they made this record what young thug and future yeah okay and then they is that why it's called relationship yeah isn't that cute <laughs> and they've since released a whole other uh record just them too a collaboration oh, okay. record so that's i guess that's quite nice <laughs> that's quite nice uh, but yeah this is basically the album i put on if i'm like on my way to a night out or something like that right okay um, the lyrics are just flat out ignorant yeah but sometimes that's okay yeah <laughs> it's cool but like I said his, his vocal style is really unique like yeah. in most hip hop these days all you have to do really is kind of mumble through an auto tune yeah and you've automatically got a big billboard record yeah yeah whereas he doesn't seem to do a lot of in this it's just just him and the mic but mm. it is really really odd um, vocal choices sometimes it kind of reminds me of early Kendrick Lamar when he was doing more sort of character type stuff and not just one continual continual vocal yeah sort of story if you like he was kind of dividing 
a lot of his sections of his songs into character based things yeah so it reminded me a lot of that um not a single bad track on the record no. i love it it's, it's again it's kind of a party going out album what what track would you recommend i would recommend it because it makes me want to party and it's called she wants to party Rich nigga put that as a spade in the air Back a couple bitches, yeah, we play here Drink it up and poppin' them sprayed everywhere And we be so sad I love her so you know I got flossin' I'm not a dentist, but a nigga flossin' I'm fresh to death, they say I should be coughing. I'm about to turn it up She wanna party with a real nigga She wanna party with a real nigga Shout it while I'm party with Yeah, not not my not my cup of tea personally. Like, I do like rap, but I don't know. Like a lot of the the quote unquote new wave guys, I just I just don't. It's weird. It. It's weird that I'm into it, but I am. Yeah. Like, so I'm, I'm I'm into a lot of that sort of stuff, like Future and Migos and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. There's part of me that loves it. Yeah. Well, this is why we're <laughs> we're different. Um, we're gonna go into my number four, which uh, along with Get the Shot are probably my my find of 2017 uh, is Brutus Burst. I literally came across this record because I had to review it. Um, never heard of them before. They're a three-piece from Belgium. Um, female drummer who also does the vocals. And it's... I, I can't even begin to describe it. It's weird. Like It's post-rocky in places. It's thrash in places. It's punk in places. Um it's got blast beats it's got like really atmospheric bits but yeah i literally i got this album to do a review of it chucked it on not kind of expecting anything special and was just completely blown away um when i sort of read into them a bit more and obviously found out that there are three piece that the drummer is the one doing all the vocals i was just like that's even more impressive because when you listen to the drum beats on the record that she's doing that and singing is just crazy um her vocal style is really unusual like it's not screamy it's not shouty but it's not quite normal singing as well it's there's kind of parts in it where it's almost like chanty it's yeah it's really unusual um i was so excited by this record that like when they were announced to play art tangent they were one of the key deciders in me wanting to go um and me being a massive fanboy was front and center for them which was awesome they and i was kind of a bit apprehensive because i thought live the record wasn't going to translate as well but it for me it did perfectly um but yeah i just really enjoyed this record there's um i've got to quickly get the track list up because i don't want to get the name wrong do you want a party though? Um, <laughs> me. Uh, so yeah, there's a track uh, called All Along, uh, which the vocals are just crazy in it. She just goes so high and just holds the note for for ridiculously long while still playing drums. Um, some of the riffs are like really kind of mathy and techy and 
you they kind of obviously fit right at home at Art Tangent. They were kind of that perfect, definitely, definitely perfect bands. But yeah, they for me they literally just came out of nowhere, and I think the album came out like really early on in the year, and it's one I've literally constantly gone back to, and yeah, I just I just loved it. I don't really know how much I can add. I mean, <laughs> I don't. I'm, I don't know. I was kind of very whatever about them. I enjoyed watching them. Mm. I think, in fact, I actively sought them out because you were buzzing on about yeah. them so much. I was like, oh, okay, I must have to check them out. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And then I listened to the record. I was like, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. And that was the extent of it, to be honest. <laughs> That's cool. Um, what was your number four? Um, oh, God. Number four. <laughs> oh, God. Number four. Proto Marta, Relatives in Descent. I this, don't know what that is. You never heard Proto Marta? No. Get involved. <laughs> um... Right, this was going to be, for this spot, it was going to toss up between this and the Cloud Nothings record. Right, okay. It's kind of along the same lines, genre-wise, I guess. I was going to say, it's, and it's related artists. It's got Ice yeah. Age, Girl Band. So, yeah, I kind of get that. Yeah, kind of, in a sense. But I think this just clinched it. Because I haven't stopped listening to it since it was released. I think right, it's okay. released. Has it got the release date on uh, there? September. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's very sort of post-punky, um, sort of definitely nods to stuff like Bauhaus, Joy Division. But it's got some really sort of harsh, sort of punk, hardcore kind of moments to this record as well. Um, fronted by, I forget the guy's name, but it, like obviously painstakingly influenced by Nick Cave. Yeah. Um, some very clever instrumentation on it. Uh, like there's one track called have you still got the track listing Windsor Hum that's the one which is basically the same riff throughout the whole song but same same rhythm same bass line same guitar line but they somehow managed to sort of change genres okay it. so they've got this is kind of the noise bit this is the hardcore punk bit this yeah. is the shoegazy bit this is the garage rock bit right okay With the, maintaining the same structure of the song yeah it's yeah. crazy um Lyrically, it's really dark. I'm, sense in my taste here is really dark <laughs> lyrics. Um, one of the best guitar tones I've heard in a record this year. Yeah. Me being a guitar nerd, it's just like, if I was going to make a record like this, I'd want it to sound exactly like that. Clean, yeah. clean and distorted, it just sounds perfect. Um, i am almost got the chance to see them live. We went to New York. They were playing in Brooklyn when we were there. But we opted to see... Corin's nodding. Yeah, she's like, whatever. <laughs> so we we opted to see uh oh god what's it called we both really enjoyed it musical book of mormon book of mormon that was it which to be I honest i love that you two drew blank and i knew what it was <laughs> yeah. but um i don't think i regretted a second of a second of that decision we both loved it but anyway i digress uh <laughs> yeah it's definitely a safe place in my number four because <laughs> it's funny, you, Corin. You said to me the other day, like, "You listen to this all the time." I'm like, "Yep, it's a great record." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't really know what else I can no, add to it. Well, I mean, it's just, it's just really, really awesome post-punk for 2017. Definitely. Well, like you with Brutus, I've, there's not much more I can add because <laughs> I don't didn't even know who they were until you you mentioned them. But check it out. I will go check it out. Um, we'll stick with you with with number three 
Number three is another combat record: glass jaw material control. There we go. Or mind control, as I like to mind call control. it. <laughs> yeah, mind control. Um, first record in fifteen years. It was. I don't know how much you knew about the stir of a new album. I knew nothing. That I knew that it was in the works, but I didn't realise it was this imminent because I think they'd kind of only teased it maybe the beginning of the year. So obviously everyone was sort of like, oh yeah, as if like a new record's coming. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was there. Hello, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so they just... My extent of it was literally face value, like on posts on social media. Oh, we're going to have a record out next week. Yeah, here's a new single. Yeah, uh, loved it. Oh, look, just preface this: I've been in this glass jaw from the get go. Yeah, everything you ever wanted to know about Silence was my school album. Yeah, yeah, it, that was it. No, Deftones, nah, <laughs> Slipknot, nah, nah. It was glass jaw. Um, so I loved it, and I loved Worship and Tribute as well, and I, I loved the EPs as well. I mean, it was obviously different. They're obviously experimenting a bit more then. But I think this record melds everything of that together. Yeah. Elements of the first record, elements of worship, tribute, and elements of the EP all pushed into one yeah. package. Um, it's a massive step up all round, I think. Mm. The guitars, the the bass is some of the bass... Bet the bass, 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 blah, blah, bass. Some of the best bass playing I've heard in a record this yeah. year. It, I think even, I'd go as far as to say, it drives most of the album yeah I agree with that because the the guitar kind of underlies the bass a lot on this mm. record he's, he's obviously gone for a very specific tone so the bass does most of the the hard pushing yeah and it sounds great it really works um, do I need even need to mention Daryl Palumbo's vocals <laughs> he's just he nails it. I don't know how that man puts a melody to those riffs yeah it's beyond me if you listen to the single it's essentially a lot of fed back guitars yeah with that shredding bass and he somehow managed to find a melody in it yeah I think like because that was kind of my my initial sort of thought was when that I don't know how to pronounce it Shira Shiri that's the single yeah Yeah. when I first listened to that my initial thought like on first listen I was like musically brilliant Daryl because I felt like the first half of the song felt very like oh I've got to record another album I and thought it, the opposite and it just kind of felt very half-assed to me but then when I listened to it again I was like okay no I get what he's doing mm. and because the way that song <clears throat> is structured it works because his lyrics build throughout that song mm. and I think that's kind of the the trait of this record is that he obviously his his lyrics and, and vocal style is a massive draw for a lot of people, myself included, but I think this record indicates that he's not the driver of the band. He shapes his vocals and lyrics to go with what is written, mm. rather than him writing songs to yeah for music. If that makes sense, yeah, absolutely. Um, they just they've there's some really clever songwriting on this record. It's just like it's the most interesting release they've done, definitely, but. The songwriting in general is so clever. Like, there's this bit on the single they brought out, Shira, it's called, right? Yeah. And it's like, it's verse, chorus, verse, chorus, and they get to the second chorus, and they kind of stop dead, feedback, and snare roll into They stop halfway through yeah. the, the chorus, 
like I said, stop, feedback, snare roll, straight back into the same chorus, and it just hits so well. Yeah. I'm just like, glass jaw. <laughs> glass jaw. Glass jaw, goats. <laughs> goats. <laughs> Greatest of all time. But yeah, I I agree. This like it nearly made my, my top ten. Um I like well kind of influenced through you was a massive glass jaw fan. Like the first record I wasn't massive on there was a couple of tracks on it that what I, the first record yeah like obviously when it came out I was really young you that got is remember. shocking yeah but you've got to remember I was what 12 maybe I guess yeah whereas <laughs> like <laughs> whereas like worship hey kid do you want to know where heartbreak <laughs> <laughs> yeah whereas like worship and tribute I was a bit more mature and kind of understood what was going on yeah I guess I lost the sense of time a little bit. Um, but yeah this this was a massive sort of return to form in my opinion and, and like you said I think it takes all the best elements of their previous stuff and yeah. has kind of gone we can do this sort yeah. of thing um, yeah I, just, I really liked it I think it's weirdly perfectly timed in its release like because obviously all the shit that's been going on with outing people in the music scene predominantly brand new because they were obviously mm-hmm. in that same circle as as Glassjaw at the time, that this was almost like a kind of like a fuck you to brand new. I, it, I, maybe that's just the way I've kind of seen it, but yeah. like it's because I think a lot of people were feeling jaded with music they oh, listened so you, to. In their so childhood. you mean like this was like a kind of like a, a pillow to fall on kind of thing. Yeah, 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 right. Because, okay, I'm with you. Yeah, because like a lot of people our generation were sort of feeling jaded with, with the music they grew up with because everyone that that their their idols were turning out to be scumbags kind of thing. Right. Whereas this was kind of like now our idols still fucking rule sort mm, of thing. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was pretty pretty cool. Mm. Um, we're going to my number three, uh, which was your number nine. I want to say, uh, Julian Baker, turn out the lights. Um, for the reasons you've included it is the reasons why it's so high up on my list. Like, I liked Sprained Ankle, but I wasn't in love with it. Whereas, I remember literally out of nowhere, I saw the video for uh, Appointments, which was the first single off this record, and I literally looped it for a day. I fell in love with that song instantly. Um, and I, I was just from then on. I was like, I need this record to come out now. Mm. I need this today, sort of thing. Um, and I under, I totally understand wh- why, like you say, like, it's it's really bleak because it is. But that for me is its charm, and that's why it's so high up on my list because every single song just it kicks you in the gut, and you're like, what? Why? Who has done this sort of thing? <laughs> but for me that's what makes it an amazing album is because for someone to be that open in a, what how many tracks is that? I think it's like 10 tracks Sorry. 11 I was one off um, but yeah to, to kind of pour your heart out and then put it out as an art form I know like a lot of people do it but just to be a voice a guitar and a piano mm. is pretty unheard of so for me, that's why it was it's faultless. Like, if the reason it's not my number one is because of the two records that mm. are above it, but otherwise, this would have been my 
would have been my record of the year. Sweet. Well, I mean, when was it released again? Um, October. October, yeah, so it's quite late in the year. Yeah. I think that's why it's higher on my list. Yeah. Because it was quite almost like a late entry. Yeah, yeah. This, this forced out, like I said, this list took a lot to compile. <laughs> yeah. So this this forced out, that this record forced out some big content. Okay. So, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll back that statement. Cool. Um, have, we, have you done your number three? Yes. All right, well, cool. Well, because we've already touched on, on Julian Baker, I'll go to my number two. Is um, Julian Baker the only clash we've got so far? Well, not clash, but both yeah. we've listed. Yeah. Wow, okay. Um, but I, I kind of think what I'm going to say is number two might change this. Right on. Uh, number two is Converge, uh, The Dusk and Us. Um, spoiler, Converge are like my second favourite band ever. So I've... this was not going to make a list without this record in it. Um, but that being said, I'm not just including it because they're Converge. This record is phenomenal. Um, and like, without... Because for some reason, when this kind of came out, um, like, when it came out, a lot of people were kind of saying, oh, I didn't... I hope it's better than the last record, which obviously was... Um, all we love, we leave behind, which I thought was a killer record, anyway. But mm-hmm. it kind of, in retrospect, it seems some people didn't like it as much. But this, I thought, was perfect. I think Reptilian is up there with one of my favourite Converge songs. Um, it kind of has that impact, like the first time I ever heard Eagles Become Vultures. It's just got that massive kick. The token jacob bannon screech um but to the same extent for a band that have been doing this for nearly 20 years or over 20 years i think it is now to still be pushing boundaries and not being afraid to do it like they could easily sit back on jane doe you fail me and go yeah we can we can still do this but they don't they push themselves like from the first track to the end track there's nothing that is the same like everything changes everything has a reason for being there like the the title track the dusk in us is a seven minute long kind of doom track essentially and then you've got like under duress which is a like a a kind of hardcore banger you've you've got something for everyone in there in in my opinion so yeah that's why I absolutely loved it, and they've themselves have said this that they feel this is the best record they've done in in years. So if you've got four musicians of that caliber saying this is our best work, then you know they mean it, kind of thing. Sure, um, I'm not gonna add any more comments. Okay, <laughs> what's your number two? <laughs> My number two is Scissor Control. Well, as in the keyboard control, so. C T R L. Okay. Um, young sort of R and B. I was going to say from the from the album oh, art looks kind of yeah, hip hop esque. Came out when did it come out? Uh, it just says two thousand seven. Oh, because I've clicked on the album thing. Let's have a look. It was pretty early. Oh, it doesn't say. Do it doesn't say. I'm almost certain it was sort of like just before the summer. Yeah. Um. Hadn't heard of her until then. She released. I've never heard of her. So. She released a single prom. That was, yeah. You know, you're looking at me like 
What? Let's, let's have I'm a look. Let's have a listen. Yeah, I guess this is kind of my Julian Baker for you. Right, okay. So this they she released this single and it like I got the kind of modern R and B element, but the backing sort of tracks reminded me of bands like Beach House. Okay. Sort of yeah, almost dream popish. I was like, I'm into this. <laughs> so I repeated it almost constantly. Okay. And it happened to be my most played song on Spotify of 2017. What, Prom did? Yeah. Right, like, okay. I, they did like a stat. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I said, yeah, that... Well, that, that can't, will kind of fight, feed into my number one in a minute. So. Yeah, fair dues. So, yeah, that's kind of where that came from. And it it is... It, I keep saying default album, but this is the default <laughs> album for me. I literally, I can chuck it on any time. It's been on in the car, mostly. Yeah. I just look. I just there's something about it I really enjoyed. I think it's the instrumentation on it's ace. Is it goes from that kind of style to like almost sounding like Flying Lotus, which hits a good note. For yeah, me, obviously. Um. Uh, but her her vocals are awesome. Really awesome melodies, and she's quite sort of open lyrically. Like she yeah. talks a lot, spans a lot of stuff from like her ex boyfriends or to like her like body images and things okay. like that so she's quite open in that regard um i'm really looking forward to seeing what she does next yeah because the previous ep i didn't think so much of it's called zed i think i'm just well just it's just latest release here it's, oh, i think that's just uh, a single yeah like a remix that's it yeah because um, let's have a little look so she's done that zed which is like a yeah, it was like a little mixtape. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of it. Yeah, so this has been the, the first main debut, I think. What does it say? The record label? I think it's like Top Cat or something. Uh, I don't know. If you scroll down, oh no, it doesn't. No. But yeah, yeah, I think it's like Top Cat or something. She's predominantly the only female on the record. Okay. On the label, sorry. Um, yeah, I've just I've rinsed this record through. Yeah. Time and time again, and uh, there's some good. Guest appearances, Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, I saw, I saw that. Uh, Travis Scott's on the record as well. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't remember exactly what else I was going to add to that, but um, it's just been on in the background at some point, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> daily basis. So you, you get those records sometimes. The one that just hits right, and you're just like, this is this is the one. You're just going to have yeah, it on yeah. whenever. It suits any mood. It's not like depressing enough like Julian Baker <laughs> so like <laughs> you can't just like I'm really in the mood to listen to Julian Baker right now so you put on Julian Baker yeah this is just suits any time no that's fair enough and that's why it's my number two cool right I'm gonna go straight into to your number one because oh, right. it's it's my show so I'm gonna end <laughs> <laughs> Do what I want to. Uh, my number one is Converge the Dusk in Us cool um, yeah I mean pretty much dittoing everything you said it's uh, oh Christ, my calendar is terrible. When was it released? Oh, November. November. So, yeah, and it's my number one. Yeah. yeah. To be quite honest, when I first pressed play and those 
that the spazzy drums and guitars kicked in i think on some level i knew it was gonna be one of yeah. one because i just you know i've loved always loved the band caught them nearly every time they've come to the uk yeah. um and this record especially especially when they're full bore conversionist record it's yeah, yeah i just did the okay emoji. <laughs> 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 um uh jake bannon's vocals are top notch he's really branched out a lot i think where your wounds helped a lot yeah that. yeah which weirdly i think i enjoyed i don't think I, I think i need to give it another spin but um it obviously spurred on a lot of his choices when writing this record um kurt Ballou's mixing and production is obviously awesome but i think he's taken a slightly different approach to this one yeah i'd agree the um the drums aren't quite as in your face as the previous record. Do you think? Yeah, I guess I've never really thought of it, but yeah, yeah I agree. Because I, I, I'm a massive Ben Collar fan as well as you, and I particularly look out for a lot of the drums. Yeah. And sometimes, and particularly on Reptilian, actually, a lot of the like the kicks and the snares and stuff is actually quite sort of buried underneath a lot of yeah. the guitar, which was different for them. But, uh, yeah, it's just... it's. Like I said, for when it's full bore converge, it's probably some of their best work. Yeah, song cannibals is yeah, another. Yeah. Is, is like that uh, fractured quartz by full of hell. Yeah, it's one yeah. of those ones where you just go, like, "What just happened?" Yeah, I have no yeah. idea. I need to listen back to that just to s- listen closely what's going on <laughs> because it's just it's absolutely insane. The only thing I wasn't too didn't connect with so much on this record was the some of the slower songs. See, I think that's what made it for me. See, like, because the slower songs and some of the uh, the previous record, like, um, what was the other one? All we love, we live behind. Yeah. The slower songs in that record, which I think were some of the best ones. Yeah. Like Cora Blue. Yeah, is, yeah. I think that's my favorite track on that record. Yeah. Whereas on this one, I don't, I, I don't think I had the same similar no, apart enough. from Balance vocals, which I think yeah. he aced. I um, think that's that might be why I like <clears> the slower stuff because his vocals were so different. So I thought mm. that. It's not just a typical slow converge song. Yeah. They've mixed it up a bit. Yeah. Um, I re- also thought it was a really weird thing to say. A really detailed album. Yeah, I get that. From the first track, like the first track, it's obviously quite an emotional one for for Bannon lyrically. Yeah. Obviously, well, he, he had a son. Was it last year? Oh, I'm not sure. Obviously, it's a lot about like he needs to be there to look yeah, after yeah. and stuff. Um. But obviously, it starts off kind of quite hectic and crazy, and then it sort of builds up, builds up, and it sort of cascades into this like really almost beautiful sort of sort of flow towards the end of the song until they kick back in with the, like the main chorus, the really sort of moshworthy part. Yeah, yeah. Which you could almost definitely picture yourself in the middle of a crowd <laughs> shouting, just losing oh, your shit. Oh, God. Yeah, because the the group vocals are really well done on that track. I think. Yeah. Um, and the ne- go on to the next track, which is called. Oh, I was just giving away my number one, but what? If you saw what that was, it's just giving. Oh away no, I didn't. Don't worry about it. Oh, what is it called? Number two. I have the quarrel. That's yeah. it. I resonated that one because the intro sounds exactly like something Page Ninety Nine would have done. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's very sort of almost early screamo influenced. Yeah, for the for the intro at least. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, and then it just goes into full on converge. Yeah, yeah. Put those two together in a song. 
but <laughs> um yeah obviously like i said kurt blue ice production um there's some really a plus bass playing especially from nate newton on this record yeah uh trigger is probably a good modern jesus lizard song i think filtered through a converge machine yeah that's what i took from it anyway night night (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) um um, and like yeah you what you said about it the perfect closer reptilian yeah Uh, people a lot of people from what i saw weren't too jacked by that song oh really i loved it yeah but i thought it was a perfect way to close the album um the guitar nerd in me is noticing all the different tones he's used yeah, as well. Yeah. Like for that song especially, he's gone for a bit more of a fuzzier tone rather yeah. than a straightforward kind of hefty whatever he uses. Um, yeah. Converge, Dusk and Ask, number one. There we go. Um, I obviously have nothing to add because it was my number two. Um, but my number one is a band that I'd heard of prior to this record but hadn't really listened to um, again, it was one that I come across because I reviewed it, um, and instantly, it's very rare for me to listen to the opening track of a record and be like, "I love this." Um, it's very like the opening track is very minimal, um, but the album I'm talking about is Diet Sigs. Uh, swear I'm good at this. Oh, yeah. um, if you're not aware, they're a two-piece. I'm not aware at all, actually. Okay, <laughs> they're like a two-piece uh, indie punk. I guess is the best way to kind of okay. describe them. Um, kind of similar to the vein of Tiger's Jaw, but a bit more sort of upbeat. But what they kind of talk about is quite poignant in the fact that um, their vocalist Alex, she's very sort of open with it her sort of experiences in life like the the opening track that I was talking about is called 16 and it's basically it opens with her talking about like a sexual experience that she has when she's 16 um and basically kind of being shamed for for kind of sleeping around and things like that at a young age um and it kind of goes through sort of being a, a girl in the punk scene uh being sort of uh, just kind of like the the odd one out, like the outcast sort of thing, and it's all kind of embedded in this sort of upbeat, fun-loving kind of music. So it, you don't get bogged down by what's what's actually being sung, and it's just it's just such a fun record. Like I think it lasts about maybe just over half hour. It's like twelve tracks but none of them are longer than four minutes um i think that actually the longest one is a is the opening track which is three minutes and 20 seconds um but yeah i literally like you said with with um control that that song was your most played on on spotify 16 which is the opening track of of this record was my was my most played song on spotify Mm. um I've revisited this album so many times. I, just for some reason, just it's one of those records that I could put on no matter what. Like going to to default albums, this was without a doubt my default album, and that's why it's my number one because 
I can't remember exactly when it came out. I think it was like in March. Um, and I instantly wanted to know when they were going to be in the UK. And I think I did the, I wrote the review kind of was listening to it a few more times after, after the review, like after I posted the review and the album actually came out. Um, I thought, Oh, I'll follow them on Facebook and whatever and so on and so forth. Um, and on their Facebook header was European tour. And I was like, this was maybe in May or June. And it was like, yeah, playing Brighton in October. And I was like, bought a ticket instantly. I was like, why is it not October already? I need, I need to see this band. And they were, they lived up to every expectation when I saw them live. Um, I ended up buying a physical copy of this record and their previous record. Um, yeah, I just I just absolutely adored this record. It hasn't made many people's top 10 lists or anything that I've seen, which I'm kind of surprised because when it initially was released, like everyone was buzzing about it. Um, but yeah. Where are they from? Oh, Philadelphia. I could have completely made that up. <laughs> um let's do they're it. american that's i didn't know where oh from. sorry yeah. oh yeah yeah they're american yeah um but yeah they're fucking brilliant i'm literally adding it to my playlist now there you I, go yeah i've never i haven't heard the record well so. i will as a fitting end to to this little list i will do my goodbyes afterwards but we'll we'll play 16 as a as a goodbye and uh a, a way to sign off our top 10 lists we're not going to do honourable mentions because I need to do some oh okay <laughs> we'll play 16 at the very end but we'll go with because I forgot about honourable mentions well no, there's one that I need to I need to mention right okay alright possibly one of if not my favourite band The National didn't make my top 10 yeah that was one that didn't make mine either not because I didn't like it but just because this year was so strong yeah like literally I think I I did play it's called sleep well beast i played it an awful lot but when i was being really honest with myself i was just like i've listened to these records far more and yeah. all they've made a connection a bit more than, yeah. than this record has um lapalux did a great record oh, see miles keeps banging on about it. never never listened to him brilliant record it's so different for him as well uh it's a lot more atmospheric um loyal Kana. Yeah, UK hip hop, really, Again, really, really not, good. Not massive. I, I know of him, but yeah, saw him at Field Day. He was awesome. Um, Japan Droids. See, um, I wasn't massive on the record. It's good. Yeah, it was really early in the year. Yeah, but it, that would have that was nowhere near my kind of top. No, my list only my only gripe with it, it was it's a great record, but what I realised it was same. Chord progression, same chord progression, different song. Yeah, literally, like it's almost the same chords throughout the whole record. Yeah, I mean, some people might disagree, but that's all I heard. To be yeah, honest. yeah. Um, uh, there was <laughs> well, I've, while you look at that, I'll, I'll do two of mine. So, uh, Power Trip, Nightmare Logic. Oh my God! Yes, how did that not make? Yeah, list? that was a, it. Was again, it was an album that was out very early on in the year. I think it might have even been in January. Um, for them was a massive step up. I thought um, the the song execution as tax 
swing of the axe. Um, <laughs> the, the thing is now, I can't because basically that song ended up being, <laughs> yeah, but it ended up being a theme tune on one of the NXT pay per views. Uh, and the commentator, every time he said it, he'd go, "Executioner's tax, swing of the axe." So now I can't hear it without hearing it like that. But that song was fucking incredible and was set the tone for that record. Um, 68, two-part Vipers, two-parts Viper, sorry. Is that the dude from the Chariot? Chariot, yeah. That was an awesome record. It was very different for him. And I think that's why I liked it because the original 68 stuff I wasn't massive on, but this is very kind of experimental very different and it again it was one of the ones that was toying around my top 10 but didn't quite make it in the end uh, monarch as we've mentioned was one that that was kind of floating around there as well um i was trying to think what else there was that i wanted to mention have you got your oh cloud obviously cloud nothing oh yeah was, cloud nothing is one of mine was yeah. another one which I really liked the record, but I think it was more select tracks rather than yeah. the, the whole record. So that oh, was, I agree with you on that one. So that was a reason why why that one wasn't wasn't in yeah. there. Have you got any more? Yeah, you, um, Vince Staples, Big Fish Theory was a great record. Again, someone I've never heard of. Yeah, again, on the theme of default records, that was a good one just to sort of stick on, but it just didn't quite push it for the list. Um, have you heard nothing nowhere. Yes. Have you listened to the record? Nope. You should. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, Mount Kimby, what lo- uh, love what survives. Really great sort of uh, experimental hip hop. So a lot of hip hop in your in yours. I, I'm yeah, it was strong this year. Uh, King Cruel. Yeah. I was yeah, really. I really liked that. You did you enjoy it? Yeah. I was really looking forward to it. I loved the previous record. I did like it, but just not as much. Yeah, it just—I don't know. No, that's fair enough. Something it was—it's a lot more darker. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, I got um, just—I'm literally just scrolling through my Spotify now. Uh, Iron Sheik, you can't stay here. Oh, I listened to that the first time the other day. Yeah. Um, it wasn't as strong as their lo- their last record, I don't think. But the opening track, um, "A Headache with Pictures," I—I uh, probably played that track on repeat mm-hmm. for about a day. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. It's just really cool. Yeah. Um, there was one other that I've oh left behind if you just want pure ignorant heavy shit uh, the <laughs> album's called Blessed by the Burn um, basically uh, you obviously know Gary the bassist in my band he me and him have this kind of endless debate of sort of what makes good music and he's very into his sort of beat down hardcore sort of stuff um, but this is an album that we he kind of I'd heard of Left Behind before, but I wasn't massively into him. But he pointed me in the direction of this, and it's just fucking heavy. So that unknown for me. Yeah, that's that's a cool one. Um, Mount Erie, the record was called oh something. <laughs> it was no, called something. something really bleak. So if you're on a Julian Baker tip and you feel like keeping going yeah maybe stick this one on this I've just realised how I didn't put this one in but Wolf Alice Visions oh, of yeah. Life oh yeah that was a great record I that think, was really cool I listened to it once but I need to go back to it yeah so that that was that one and I want to quickly mention one EP 
I'm trying to find it, but I can't. Uh, and it's going to be very obvious why I want to mention it when I do find it. Is there anything else you want to add? Yeah, Idols. They did a great record this year. Let's do it a lot. Brutalism, it's called. The oh, punk the, band um, from Bristol. Yeah. So, oh, I'm really undecided by them. Like, I listen to it and I like it, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, really, I'm not into this at all kind of thing. It was a good summer record for me. Yeah. Great um, lyrics. Yeah. Well, oh, I'm trying to think of what's the Trevor Nelson one? Oh, God. Um, Trevor, oh, Trevor Nelson likes football, so you should like football. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, oh, I was going to. I'll be able to. I'll, for some reason, it's not coming up on that. Well, let's get on here. Uh, Freeze new EP. Oh, is that a uh, what's his name? Pat Pat Flynn. Pat Flynn Bland. Pat Flynn. Pat Flynn Bland. There we go. Right. Uh, EP of the of the year, just purely because it's Pat Flynn of Have Heart Fame back to mm. his best. Uh, his band new band is called Free, and I'm still going to mess up the pronunciation of this. The EP is called Ex Tenebris. Tenebris. Yep. Tenebris. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my EP of the year. Cool. Cool. Right. Anything further to add? Um, Adam. Add uh, Adam. Oh, not without going on forever, no. No. Cool. Right. Now, I'm going to play 16 for you. Cool. Um, Thank you for doing your top 10 list with me. Quite very welcome. Um, I'm going to say goodbye now because I think this will be, a, as much as I like your, your little song as, <laughs> as my intro and outro, I think this is a, a good way to to end it um, whatever <laughs> whatever um, Corin anything to add <laughs> she's asleep <laughs> um, yeah happy Christmas everyone um, probably not going to do an episode next week because yeah it's Christmas and stuff so we'll see you in 2018 bye bye when I was 16 Ready?